Hello and welcome to Enjoy the Wander. I'm Unji. I'm Wonhi. I'm Matt. And welcome to the podcast. This、yeah. is、uh, what an exciting day this is. This is our、uh, second podcast with Matt as an official co host. There's a trio of us now.、Uh, and today, what are we going to be talking about, y'all? Well, if you listened last week, you would know. Well, Matt, were you listening? What are we talking about today? <laughs> today, we are talking about、uh, interracial marriages. Interracial slash interethnic, just cross cultural marriages, right? And what that looks like. And so, as you all know, I am clearly single, and <laughs> Matt and G are very married. And so,、uh, with that all said, we have two guests with us today.、Uh, one voice is very familiar to us, and one voice will be new to the podcast, but wonderful guests. Would you wanna, do you w a n t to take a second and introduce yourselves? <laughs> sure. Hi, everyone. This is Kat Kim. I'm married to Peter Kim. That's me. Back again. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, Peter, and welcome to the podcast. Kat. Peter's back. This- Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> this is Kat's podcast debut. We are so honored and excited that you are using our podcast as your,、uh, the start of your podcasting career. This is exciting. Thank、um, you for having me. <laughs> yeah. And so、uh, today's podcast is I, as the single man in this group, will just be moderating and asking some questions to y'all. My hope, I guess, for this podcast is just to get a sense of like y'all's story, what life before marriage was like, what it took to like, get married, and where y'all are now, and talk about some of the dynamics of、uh, what it's like to be married to someone who is from a different culture or grew up in a different cu- culture, and what are the benefits, what are the things that y'all have to think about. The first question. Uh, I will ask to both couples. Let's start with、uh, Peter and Kat. What was your first impression of, of your significant other when y'all first met? What a question.、Uh, <laughs> first impression. I can go first. I thought Kat was incredibly attractive, but at the very same time, I thought, like most you know, Chinese girls, that she was probably more timid. That she, you, know, <laughs> you know, there's something about growing up in a Korean culture. Korean women are typically. Fiery, have a lot of opinions. I don't really know if Undy's <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but th- those are some of the first, I guess, assumptions on top of you know, early observations from interactions is one, she's incredibly attractive, find her to be very beautiful, but also that she was outgoing and that kind of broke some of the stereotypes that I've had、uh, of、mm-hmm. Chinese girls that she was really sociable and easy to talk to. So those are some of the first impressions. Kat, how about you? What was your first impression of Peter? Okay, so my first impression of Peter was from afar. I did not know his name. I didn't know anything about him. I just knew him as the guy who wore every possible color of v neck.、Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you could have、mm-hmm. like a purple, a red,、mm-hmm. a black, a green.、Mm-hmm. And me and my friends, we all lived in the same dorm as him. And so whenever we'd see him, we we're like, he's wearing a purple one today, or he's wearing a blue one today. Oh, and he has super dark eyebrows. <laughs> so <laughs> I hate that my answer is so shallow, but that literally was my first impression.、Um, and then I met him and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm meeting the guy with dark eyebrows. <laughs> so、um, yeah. after that, first impression wise,、um, I actually thought he, opposite of his impression of me, was more reserved.、Mm. And I think he was stepping into a community of a lot of Chinese Americans. And so him and our other friend June were the only. Really Korean Americans. And so he came off as reserved at first, but I think maybe because of the, I think stepping into something new culturally for him. Gotcha. And when was like the moment where the sparks flew? You have this first impression, right? Clearly, both of y'all thought, like, oh, this person's kind of quiet, reserved. 
But where was that moment where like, ooh, there's something here. What was that moment like? Like what was going on? And what led you guys to feel those sparks flying? Oh, man. This is an awesome question. Uh, It happened definitely sooner for me than it did for Kat. I think I I, I first noticed it and started talking to my roommate, June, who's already been referenced before, about Mm. some of the kind of internal sparks that were going on in my head that led me to do whatever it took to, to kind of get more alone time with Kat, to lose a game on purpose so that I would owe her a meal and uh, get our first kind of one-on-one interaction there. So yeah, Sparks, I think, flew when I would see her interact, not just with me, but with her friends and with my friends. I think that was a big uh, kicker for me. Something really significant was to see her interact so well with my closest friends who meant the world to me at the time and to see how well she gelled with them kind of did shape our first year of dating. She spent, I, I would say 90% of our time was spent with, with my friends, which was a real gift for our relationship at the start. And when you say interact well uh, with your friends, like what did that look like for you? In a lot of ways, Kat is kind of like a bro, uh, like really just laid, <laughs> really laid back. Uh, doesn't, doesn't get, doesn't get awkward or shy when guys talk about guy things and, and yet like kind of maintains her identity as the girl of the group that is easy to get along with, that people can poke, you know, poke fun at, but also get poked back. And so it, it was just a really seamless way for her to insert herself into our friend group. Kat, what about you? What, what was that moment? You're like, oh, yeah. All right, Peter. It was the V-necks, right? Gots the V-necks and the dark eyebrows. Gots Some might be. call it a jester smolder. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Do you call it? Uh, no, I definitely didn't. <laughs> That's in hindsight now. Um, I would say, so it's funny, as Peter mentions, our friend, common friends or mutual friends. Um, it's funny because I used to tell Peter that I think half or more than half of his guy friends were friends that I had met before I'd met Peter. Um, and so it's funny how our mutual friend groups kind of became one in that way. And so it was super seamless. Um, like two of his closest friends I went to middle school through high school with and then college. And so, yeah, that was really sweet just to kind of meet a guy that um, also got along with my friends. Um, but I do think us being friends first, there wasn't sparks for me initially um it was just really growing into friendship um (laughs) yeah it was just growing into friendship realizing (laughs) that yeah we really clicked had similar sense of humors conversation came really easily i for the first time could talk about faith with someone of the opposite sex really easily and so it was just interesting i think a lot of conversations that had previously not been as seamless a guy um all of a sudden was really and i think that was a lot because of our time Spent together as friends first. And so really grateful for that season of friendship that kind of laid foundations for our then dating uh, and then marriage. Was there a specific moment that you can like think back to and you were like, oh, I have feelings for this guy or and Peter for you, like, like, was there a specific moment where you realized, like, oh, there's something going on here? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, moment for me. The first time I had thought of him outside of the realm of friendship was after that meal that he had referenced. Um, he purposefully lost in a game of doodle jump to me. And so he took me to Tap House for a meal. This real romantic, guys. Um, <laughs> and we just started talking about our past relationships and kind of where we're coming from. Um, and at the end of our hangout, which I thought was just a really friendly lunch, he decides to drop kind of a pickup line on me. And Pierre, I'll let you take it away from here. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, I don't know pick if it's called. You know, I don't know if I'll call it a pickup. Line. Okay, whatever you call it. <laughs> uh, I would call it. I would call it a prophetic truth. Prophetic. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, okay. Uh, and the reason I say that is because we had talked about. You know what? What type of guy are you interested in? What is your type of guy over our cuisine esque lunch at Tap House? And by the time I walked her back to her dorm room, I looked at her and dropped her off and said, "Hey, I've been thinking a lot over the course of this day that we've been on uh, this date together, and I think I know what kind of guy is your type." What? what? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and I literally just had a mic drop moment. I did not plan this, by the way. So mm. the sparks were really flying for me too on the course of this date of just like I said. I think it's me. And <laughs> oh, oh we, my, we should have oh, told bold. We should that have told bold. listeners to get a notepad ready before this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah learning, take notes, boys. Learning material. Please don't take notes. <laughs> don't. Oh, if you need are literally right now like they're cringing and. Matt is just like enjoying this. <laughs> it's because Matt's my boy. That's why he's enjoying this. Uh, the, yeah, impressed. The, the worst part was that because I was so shocked and kind of subtly ashamed, I said, the th- I said that and then walked away immediately. Like I didn't even wait for a response. Oh, mm. so that's the mic drop. That was the mic drop. Oh my gosh. Yep. <laughs> Notes. Wow. And, and then her roommate, I've come to find afterwards, her roommate, who I'm close friends with also, was just on the other side of the wall, like five feet away from us and aghast that I just said something of the sort. You know, so she was just like, I can't believe Peter would say something like that. Did he really just say that? Uh, but I'd like to bring that story up because, again, it was prophetic in nature. I was right. You know, we're happily married. You know, Kat can't imagine being with anybody else. Sparks fly every day for her. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of like a dream come true. Wow. Oh my gosh, Kat. Congrats. <laughs> Thanks. That's the lucky one. <laughs> Kat, how did you how did you feel when he told when he said that to you and just like walked away? You oh like wa- see him walking away from you. Like what thoughts, what emotions were running through you? Yes. Oh. He's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally just closed the door and then my roommates like, did he just say that? And I was like, I think he did. And then I just started wondering, I think. Is he right? <laughs> I was like, oh no, wow. is he right? I can't believe oh this because I was so, it was a mixture of like offended that he would be so bold to assume, but then also like kind of like a hand clap for his confidence, but also couldn't deny the natural chemistry that was there. Yeah. So I guess in the end, after some mulling it over, I don't know if I even reached out to you for a day or two after that because I was like, hmm, this is interesting. <laughs> Shoot your shot. Yeah. The lesson is just go for it. Say the cringy <laughs> punchline and walk whoa, away. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's I mean, a good story. Twenty years used. later. Oh, the sorry, word sorry. You're right. Wasn't used you're right. Until just now. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> All right. All right. We're gonna we're gonna switch gears now, and we we have another couple here, and I hope this I hope this story is just as great. <laughs> Matt and Ninji, what was your first impression of your now spouse? Oh, like very first impression. Mm-hmm. Very first impression. Tell us, like, how what, what how did you meet this person for the oh, first time? Man. And what was your first impression? Ours is awkward. <laughs> what? It's not awkward. I, I first met Matt when we were both on a quadruple date, and we were both with other people. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, Matt is very touchy. <laughs> that was one of my first impressions. And also, oh, like I had mentioned in previous podcasts, Matt is a token white guy of this group. Mm. Um, mm. Those are my impressions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, so it was a group date. 
No, but I think she came across as very fun. Like, you know, even if you're not like anticipating or like putting two and two together at the time, I think you still see people's personalities come through in like that kind of environment. And she was just very fun and like seamlessly interacted in like her goofy, awkward way that I think is very endearing to people when when she spends time with them. I don't remember what we played. I think we played um, Monopoly Deal. So we played at some like arcade place. And then after that arcade thingy, we went to your apartment, which I also noted, oh, clearly decorated by girlfriend because it was just, I thought it was very nicely interior. Uh, I do my own, I do my own apartment. (laughs) Oh, wow. That is really impressive. Actually, that is true. Have I not done a lot of art? Yeah, I have an eye. Matt has decorated our entire house, but then we played some sort of games and I I did feel like I came alive a little bit in the, in the closed doors of gaming and all right, so we got Matt was super touchy feely, <laughs> and I didn't like say super feely. competitive. You said touchy. Let's keep it PG thirteen. <laughs> all right, uh, so then you have this first impression. How did you all start dating then? <laughs> and <laughs> when was the moment that the sparks flew and you're like, "Ooh, there's something going on here"? I mean, I immediately like the first time I met her, I like appreciated. I think her like how she hung out with people. And I think I quickly found out that she like, like how passionate she is for what she does and her kids. And, and I think she just, I, I saw her as like this person, this teacher who was really, really like passionate about her students and passionate about God. And then, you know, it started out as just like an introduction and getting to know, know each other. But then I think as like when I was single and I was just thinking about what do I want in a person, she fit a lot of those boxes, even though I didn't really know her outside of, you know, a couple of hangout settings. So we had chatted a little bit online and things like that. I think I intentionally made some sort of like subtle move, which wasn't really a move, but it was asking her to support me on a mission trip that actually went on with Peter. So small world. (laughs) But I just did that because I thought she would be the type of person to support someone. But she did it in a way that no one else really did who supported me on that trip, especially for a person I didn't know at all really in like a intimate way um and she would check in on me email me ask how she pray for me and supported me financially i think it gave me like a hundred dollars which is pretty good and did. yeah wow. and sugar mama right there and it just the like beginning yeah and it just like immediately confirmed the things that i kind of thought about her but didn't really know personally about her but just that you know someone who she kind of only knows peripherally she would be like praying for actively and supporting you know financially being like super involved in this really important trip to me, even though she didn't really know me. So then when we came back, I I just really wanted to meet with her. I had the opportunity to, cause she was having people talk to her kids, like a college day kind of. When we got back from Indonesia, I drove over to Dallas and then did that. And that's when we really kind of hung out, just me and her for the first time. Mm-hmm. I remember receiving that email and being like, oh, I barely know Matt why would he (laughs) choose me especially because along with Peter Alex Nam who also guested on this pod was a part of that group and obviously if he's (laughs) he's like my little brother so I was planning on giving Alex a lot of money for that trip but then as I was talking to Alex about it he was like Nuna Matt Hyung is actually struggling the most financially so then I was like okay then I'm gonna give some of because I was gonna give Alex a lot so I told Alex, I'm going to give some of the money I was going to give you and I'm going to give some of that to 
Matt instead. And he goes, okay, okay. The funny thing is, Alex is the one that ended up struggling the most at the end of the <laughs> fundraising. So I, I thought that was like a funny little twist. But then because of that, that is how Matt and I did start talking, I guess, in a more friendish way. I will say, I'm like, I have a lot of guy friends growing up. And so sometimes I can tell when a guy might be flirting versus a guy is my guy friend. And so I, I did pick up little cues here and there and I wasn't sure. So that college trip, while I really did, I definitely needed him for that um, because he was my doctor representative for my high school students. I think that was also the confirmation of, oh, I think he's actually into me because he's coming to this college day which is quite a drive the day that you arrived from in back from indonesia so then i was like oh because I, I enjoyed talking to matt too a little but then i was like ah a crap because also like previously said like we met through other quadruple dates you know so just interesting and then i think at that time what happened was uh, i thought we were going to hang out with alex but then alex just said okay nuna i have to go somewhere so matt and i ended up playing tennis so i guess this is actually a boy's move because I was very proud at the fact that I beat Matt in tennis because I played I, I played tennis in high school. The thing was also a meal. This is like, okay, guys, you need to make up new moves, people. Um, so after that, though, he had like given me this note card, I think. And it talked about how he liked that I am a Mavs fan, MFFL, that I love Catan, that I'm competitive. Things that I felt like were very down-to-earth details because – before that, I had like a couple of couple of guys try to be like, God told me in a dream that you were my wife. And I was just very turned off by those types of approaches. And so it was just refreshing to just see this like, hey, I just see regular characteristic traits of you that I admire. And I'm going to let you know in a postcard. And then I'm going to drive back home that same night, which also showed me that he probably liked me because he did all this in one day. He didn't even sleep in Dallas anywhere. So <laughs> that was, I guess, the beginning of me having to confirm whether or not I would then continue conversations with Matt, knowing it's for sure not just like a guy friend type of thing. Oh, and also to add in, similar to Peter, <laughs> when we play tennis, the loser had to... I think pay for the meal, and I also lost on purpose so I could do that. So and I didn't find post grad guy. Same food. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing. I was I was actually really proud that I won for about a few years. So I didn't find out till a few years into dating that he lost on purpose, and I was so angry. I would rather have paid for a meal than. <laughs> I know. I guess hindsight. Hindsight, hindsight, you're right. Hindsight, something about jester, smolder, hindsight, right? <laughs> jester, smolder. I mean, if you think about it, Peter and Matt pretty much just pulled the same move. They like told you stuff and then they left. <laughs> right? right? Like, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Mine was a little less impressive. It was yeah. uh, no, you're it was a little less mature. It was a lengthy post-op. Yeah, more refined, a little more intentional. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, so next question here then. So y'all are dating now, and this is a question that's open to anybody, but when was the first moment where different cultures and different races really showed up in your relationships that really made you think, or it was just like a very tangible moment where you're like, oh, this is different. This is unexpected, or it's just like very obvious. Wow, you're just going <laughs> right into it now. Yeah, we're going for it. Well, <laughs> we're going for it. I can start. Yeah, so I had, like, growing up through high school, um, I never really dated. Um, but at the same time, I had some really close, like, female friends 
who were like like best friends and i always and, and they were always white i really got along with their parents and not just got along like i had like a friendly relationship with their parents like it was it was like a like a like their dad was like a bro or their mom was like a like like a older one and someone who i respected but the way we interacted was very casual and i had dated a couple like asian girls before but never a korean person i think going into the first time even meeting her parents it's just like i i felt very oh man i can't act like um casual um and i have to kind of present myself in a different kind of way so that was the first time where i realized that like okay there is a expectation of me presenting myself as like a non-korean person not just non-korean but white person or like a partially white person uh where i have to be intentional i guess about like adhering to whatever norms i i don't think i know what the norms were i knew i had to kind of figure that out but it was very immediately like okay like i kind of have to be on my guard and make sure i do this right i guess i'm curious like your half your mom was korean right do you feel like that helped you as you were getting to know Inji more or it was harder for you to as you were interacting with her parents or her family? No, I mean, in terms of <laughs> like my mom herself, I would say she interacted similarly as my uh, white friends, parents did. Um, she was always very casual. She was the one that everyone wanted to come over to hang out with. And they're pro- she actually probably would have acted as like a buffer and a con- like a natural connection, except this can sound <laughs> sad on a pie but she she passed away like mm. uh like 13 years ago so well before this so she actually probably would have given our relationship a lot of like natural connection i think between our families that maybe isn't there now or that had to be developed through a little more difficult like longer means but no in terms of like me using my experience growing up with her to help navigate this that wasn't really a thing and you, what about you? Did you feel similarly or was there another moment for you that you felt like, oh, this is really obvious <laughs> that we're different or similar? Yeah. Well, because when we first started dating, Matt said he was going to learn Korean through Rosetta Stone. So uh, <laughs> and he also really loves Korean food. So I think in those ways, I was like, oh, OK. And then like, you know, he grew up with the Hanbok traditions like we talked about. And so I I thought we shared certain things. And obviously, even though like when I first saw him, I see like perception, like white person. I know like he has certain things about him that are definitely from his mom and from that culture. And, you know, learning as I would talk to him and date him, I knew that his mom played such a huge part in his life. So I also knew that that was so so important to him as well. I think for me, probably the first, I don't know, little things like I, I, I'm not the best person that speaks Korean, but I Konglish all the time. So Korean English combination, right? That's just like a part of me. That's how my friends and I talked in high school when we wanted to talk about our teacher or a, a person, right? Like that's just how I communicated naturally. So I think when I realized like at certain times I would say something in Konglish and I was like, oh wait, I can't say that because not like, not in an angry way. I just it won't be understood. So I think in those ways, I like, I would stop myself and realize, oh, actually, like, I don't think he would understand that or like, like, actually, like the literal translation understands. So I think those were certain things that made me realize, as well as um, similarly, I think it was, you know, when I started interacting with family, uh, it, it, it definitely is a more of a different culture, just like a non-Asian culture in, in their household. It's, it's super warm and loving and welcoming, but definitely just like a different 
vibe. And so that was definitely something that I would just, you know, grow to. Um, and I love them because like they would call me Josephine at first, but then they've really tried to like call me Unji. So different things like that. I see their attempts and stuff. Um, but definitely, I think that's when I also realized, oh, it's not just like me and Matt, it's our families and how we come together and join together. And so I think that was uh, a good challenge um, for us to both realize, I guess, in our own ways. Peter, Kat, how about y'all? It's interestingly enough, like though Kat is like, like honestly, a very proud Taiwanese American and her from, from her family background, a very proud Taiwanese background and me being a pretty proud Korean American as well. I don't think we felt, or at least from my, from my end, I can speak for myself. I did not feel the cultural differences just because our chemistry was so strong in our dating relationship. So we went several months to almost a year where our dating relationship felt like this is this is really seamless in every kind of facet. And then it felt like we got hit by a truck in that once her parents realized that we were really serious, specifically her dad, he was very against our relationship to the point that we actually had decided to break up because of how seriously he was against us being together. And that was all based on our cultural differences, his fear of me never being able to speak in Chinese to him, me not upholding some of the values that he really values, and me kind of overtaking, if you will, a potential family if her and I were to get married, where my Korean background would overtake any Taiwanese, Chinese background that she would bring to the table. And so that was when I started to notice, you know, a thousand different things and tried to appease them in my mind of like, why does he care about that? Why is it such a big deal? But I think it was that kind of turning moment for me where I started to notice more like, ah, there are, you know, major differences in the ways that my parents have raised me to think about things, to do things, to address conflict even that differ because of the cultural differences with her parents and her background. So, yeah, so funny enough, it wasn't until it came to like a screeching halt, our dating relationship because of our cultural differences that I started to actually notice them more. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Um, but definitely that was the biggest um, impact and I think wake up call and um, that we were from very different ethnicities, backgrounds, and even the way our family dynamic dynamics were structured, like Peter growing up in a family that was really involved in church. Faith was a part of the conversations. It was very um, like Peter's dad being a pastor in a Korean church pastor, right? And my parents um, working in secular jobs. It was just very different stepping into Peter's family. And that was kind of the first time I felt the cultural differences. So Peter might have felt it the most when our relationship came to kind of a head with my dad. Um, but I felt to the most actually when I visited Peter's family for the first time, stepping into a home, you could feel the differences immediately. Um, Peter's grandmother at the time also didn't speak any English. And so kind of having that initial barrier in every other relationship where all the other grandmas I've ever interacted with, it's been so easy, kind of like Matt's interaction with other parents. Um, it was always so seamless for the first time. I just felt so stuck um, and no idea how to interact with her no idea how to be like fully respectful to her and what she would perceive as respectful. Something I realized a lot was also Korean, Korean families. I think it's just a lot more polite and there's a lot more emphasis on formality. And so that was something stepping into is really hard to make sure that I was navigating that well and not to be offensive, um, but also not to be so reserved that they didn't see who I actually was. Um, and so that was a balance that I think I had to play of like, okay, how much of them do I actually 
like how much of myself do I actually show in this moment and how much should I just kind of blend in and kind of get a feel and flow. Um, and so that was the, when we were dating. And then when we got back together later, it became a lot more seamless. Um, partially cause I kind of made a commitment to like Peter and his grandma had a very close relationship. And so knowing how valuable that was, I actually ended up watching a lot of variety shows. And so learned a lot of the <laughs> Korean customs and through dramas. It was funny at first it was like a educational pursuit. And I was like, this is, like in order to like really understand his family and where they come from, I'm going to like do all this research and I ended up just being something I enjoy now. But <laughs> at the time, it actually helped me tremendously in actually really blending in and getting along with Peter's family, um, especially his grandmother, getting to even talk to her in small phases. But yeah, definitely interactions with grandma were kind of the biggest eye opener. Um, like, wow, we really come from different places and that's OK. Um, we're going to get through this. <laughs> How did you all come to the decision to get back together? I feel like that's a knowing that cultural differences and family differences is like a huge reason that I'm assuming probably why things got really difficult and ended for a while. Like what led you guys to get back together? Wani, how long you want this pod to be? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're at 40 minutes already, so I guess we're just here all night. (laughs) Well, uh, I I will purposely keep it really brief. So I I left the country for about a year uh, kind of pursuing some international church planting things. And over the course of actually being able to find in my heart, like a really dark place that I held a grudge, a lot of anger and resentment and bitterness towards Kat's dad and therefore towards her, that I finally was able to getting away from the country, be able to like free, be free of, that I realized just how much I still cared about Kat. And, and like really, not just as a friend or as a, you know, as a person in my past, I was really impactful but as someone that I really actually wanted to spend the rest of my life with. So I knew, again, before she did, that uh, that I wanted us to be married, and I knew quickly. And so I started writing her letters and essentially engaged back in the conversation, both of us realizing, though, you know, kind of the mountain before us, that we were going to have to climb just this incredible obstacle that was her dad. And so that process took several years us getting back together, deciding that that was actually worthwhile. Uh, again, it was kind of me convincing her to, to be with me, kind of around two of the first go around. And, and then it took about five and a half years of us pursuing and waiting for her dad to finally accept me, which took a lot of tears, a lot of hard conversations, a lot of conversations cut short. But in essence, it, it really was the finally realizing the barriers that were keeping me from viewing Kat the way that my heart wanted to was just a lot of you know, sin-ridden anger and resentment towards her dad that I've kind of held on to, to defend myself and to defend my culture and to defend, you know, everything that I represent that he so hated at the time and didn't want uh, in his daughter's life or in hers. Yeah, it almost sounds like you had to, did you feel like you were kind of like defending your culture, like as a representative to her dad of like, hey, like, you know, why, you know, like I, here I am, like, I got to defend not just myself, but like, my culture, my family, my upbringing. Oh my goodness. Uh, a lot of identity crisis um, in that season, to be to be very frank. I One, I, I think I fully assessed myself of like, how how poor of a representative am I? Like, like, am I, one, is this like a me thing? And then two, is this a cultural thing? Like, what is true about Korean Americans that, that could cause Kat's dad to just be so against this? So it truly was an identity crisis of sorts. And then instead of being sad, I feel like most 
again, this is a stereotype and I'm making a, a major generalization, but I, I do feel like a lot of men, instead of feeling sad, would prefer to be angry. And so sadness is kind of a quick, quickly turns around into anger instead. It's a safer place to be angry than it is to be sad. Um, and so I, that was the camp I, I lived in and I like decorated that camp, if you will, just like all the reasons mm. to be angry and all the reasons to defend my background and why my culture is better than his culture and why, you know, the influence of Korean Americans is more important than, you know, and so it did become this defensive, def you know, this tactic of sorts where I, anyway, it was all to protect me from being more sad and, and instead just become more and more angry. That just felt like a safer place at the time. I will say, I well, think adding on, I mean, overall within an inter-ethnic relationship, we I think always operate under the assumption like, oh, because we're both East Asian, like this is going to be super easy because there's a lot of similar themes and family dynamics and structures. But then realizing actually with the inter-ethnic reality and dynamics, I mean, because both Korean and Chinese cultures are very dominant, they're very, yeah, there's just a lot of distinct differences. And so those distinct differences outshined any sort of commonalities and on the front end. Um, and so that was something that really surprised us because we thought this is going to be so fine <laughs> and it ended up just being a lot more difficult because, yeah, just those differences, I think, are really outshone. How does Kat's dad feel about you now? Like, how did <laughs> things change? Like, where are things now? Like, what was the process for him to, I mean, obviously y'all are married now, right? <laughs> so, <Woo>! uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, how did things change for you? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> we have big smiles, as you can see. Or I have a big smile on my face. <laughs> yeah. Both of them are, like, beaming yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it was a lot of years, lots of prayers, um, lots of waiting. But our relationship today is, like, a complete 180. He, he will call me to tell me that he misses me and that he loves me. <laughs> you know, after, obviously, walking Kat down the aisle and hugging me, you know, and giving his daughter's hand away, his only daughter's hand away. Our relationship has progressively grown more intimate, uh, where our conversations have gone from, you know, surface level to actually about more deep things, where he's genuinely concerned for me, not just concerned for his daughter and therefore has to be, you know, generally concerned for me. He is genuinely uh, just trying to care for me as an individual. And so our relationship today is worlds apart uh, from what it was. And if you had asked me even three or four years ago, if this was even in the realm of possibility, I would have told you that you were kidding yourself. And so it, we can't take credit for it. All, all we did was really continue to wait, continue to pray, continue to ask people for um, their prayers and for counsel. And uh, we just continue to kind of lean in. And though we wanted to be married so badly for years, uh, it was so worth it to have her dad walk her down the aisle, you know, and for us to, to have the relationship we have today, uh, all of those years, all of those difficult nights, all of those moments wondering if it was ever going to get better were all worth it. Was there a turning point that you can look back on and be like, oh, wow, things are really starting to change? So <laughs> I felt like we were playing chess with my dad, to be very honest. Um, it just <laughs> felt like a never ending, like, okay, we're going to make a move for it. I actually don't know how chess works, so hopefully this is a good analogy. <laughs> I'm like saying that now. We kind of went one step forward, and then we would kind of like wait and see his reaction. And um, it was very much like a, kind of a back and forth and seeing how the other person would respond. So there were some seasons where we were very 
forward with my dad. Like, this is our relationship. This is what we want to pursue. And we want you to be a part of this. And then there were some seasons Mm -hmm. where I would go home, see my parents and like, not necessarily pretend that Peter wasn't there, but just not bring it up in like a forward way and kind of let things rest in summer. Cause he knew that was something that I was obviously still pursuing, um, but I wasn't necessarily bringing it home and shoving it in his face every time. And so it was a really kind of interesting mix of those two types of communication, I guess, with my dad. Um, I would say the biggest turning point was Peter and I went on a vision trip to Indonesia a couple of years after Matt and Peter's trip. <laughs> lots Indonesia. Of, yeah, lots of Indonesia action. <laughs> Indonesia's where it happened. <laughs> um, Man, maybe I need to go to Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Funny, you need to go to Indonesia with me. Oh, there's, there's some yeah. All right. Let me know and when Alex, you guys are going. And Alex. And Alex, yeah. Alex yeah. could be the link. That's true. Alex is the key. <laughs> yeah, but that was a big turning point, I think. Just realizing we were very much in this to pursue something bigger than just our marriage to pursue God's calling for us. And I think that gave us a lot of confidence that propelled us forward. Um, My dad disowned me for a few months, didn't talk to me after Mm. my Indonesia trip. And I think that kind of space gave me and Peter a lot of just time to really think about our relationship and really like pursue and know that this is worth it. Um, And even in a season where I was, distant from my parents and it was really hard um, but still feeling joy and affirmation on the other side like lots of sadness and grief um, but equal amount of joy um, and confidence that this was what God was calling us towards um, the Indonesia for me was, I think a big turning point and for my dad too like he tried to kind of strip things away that would make me stumble in terms of independence or like allegiance to them like he took my car away like really suddenly was just like give me the keys and like find a ride home and so it was like left without a car and I mean such a small thing like such a material thing but at the time like I have to go to work the next day so I ubered to work or I borrowed a friend's car and so but yeah I think taking that stance before my dad was a turning point for him as well to see myself for him to see me as not only his daughter but also a woman who's growing in her faith and her identity that's apart and from her parents even though that's still really important to me wow that's a pretty uh serious move to, I, like when you said disowned i was like what yeah it's, um, <laughs> yeah yeah it gets really intense um but i mean we're so grateful for the relationship we have with them now and so thankful for even the joining of cultures in our family now and as um we hope to grow our family in the future like really getting to cherish that um, mixture of cultures and i'm sure man and g also have that something to look forward to as they raise Jaden too I think that's so like wonderful how you guys just seamlessly put it together, right? At the beginning, it is Peter almost wanting to. I love the imagery he always uses of like decorating his anger, right? With like almost wanting to defend his culture and then how ultimately it is what what's the solution or what's the healing factor. It's really you guys putting it not one culture or the other, but kingdom culture above all else. And then when that happens in the overflow, your cultures do get to combine and be a way of your perfect family to continue to grow in your your vision. And so I'm just I feel really um, inspired hearing y'all's story and really am grateful. I, I think for me, I, I've known you guys for a long time, but to hear it in a more intimate way for myself the first time, um, really giving God a lot of praise right now for how he's continued to be faithful to you guys. Sorry, Juan, you can continue hosting. <laughs> it's okay, that was great. Uh, I guess, uh, Kat, your last comment, I think is a good segue to some of the questions I was 
a few questions I was curious with Matt and Jaden. We talked a little bit about this in the last podcast, but obviously like Jaden is about to turn one <laughs> uh, in a week. And she looks like she's about to cry or <laughs> laugh. I don't know what's happening, <laughs> but Jaden is going to grow up as uh, someone who is mixed race, right? And we don't know the future. As parents who uh, have gone through this journey of like Matt growing up, his culture and you growing up in, our, in this culture, I feel like our generation is kind of like a weird melting pot where we're not really Asian anymore. We're like Asian American. And so that has all these different implications, right? Um, how are you all feeling about what it's going to look like to raise Jaden? What are maybe like your hopes or fears like about, you know, in like 25 years, Jaden might get married. <laughs> what, how have you thought about like what that future might look like for him? Yeah, I, I think as like specific to the points of culture, like I, I want us to have Jaden eagerly learn and practice like things that we did. So, so, so he, he doesn't feel like uncomfortable or embarrassed or like ashamed knowing the ways we grew up and even seeing if those are things that like uh, become really, you know, impactful. And so as, as I want us to expose him to all of those things and expose them him those things to him in like an eager and a excited way, because I think I shied away from a lot of kind of traditional custom things, which I kind of talked about last time. And I think it's up to the parents a lot to make those things seem like fun and engaging and important. I, I think at the same time, what we've realize i think one of the most challenging things we've had is like identifying our own culture which race plays a part of that but other things play a part of that too and mm. i remember we've had multiple conversations about our parents culture um again both as like white people and korean people but also the culture of everything else that goes into being a parent and we've identified things that we are so like grateful for and proud of and that our parents did amazingly, but we've also identified things that we don't necessarily agree with in our parents. And that's a huge part of their cultures as like themselves as parents and as leaders of the families they, they raised. So I think the best goal like we can have is to make our culture one that we kind of take all the great things that we learn from them and implement those, but also, you know, try to learn from the things that maybe we didn't think our parents did well. And there are things on both sides that, that that's the case and form all that into our own family unit. I think right now we've struggled to like, feel like we have a, our own culture right now. And I think that's because there is some kind of racial disconnect still in just like basic things, but also identifying with, how we want to raise Jaden, like as a whole, he can look back and like identify that, okay, like the culture of my family is this, this is what was important. This is kind of what shaped me. And I, I think that's my ultimate goal for him to have that we can provide the best of everything we've learned for lack of a better way of saying it, I, maybe even like improve on things that maybe we felt, you know, could have been d done differently in, in our own lives. Yeah. Um, and I think like, Things like, you know, obviously it's not that my parents ever like didn't like Matt, but it was something hard to chew for them that I mm. was going to probably like a perceived fully white male person, right? Like in the outside, right? Because I remember asking my dad one time, like, oh, what if I ever like married a white guy? Because I was always the one that usually liked the Koreans of our family. And so he was like, well, I just, I would like my, I want my grandchild to look like me. 
right? And at that moment, it could be like, oh, what does that mean? But it's like, you know, they sacrifice so much and it's like a legacy you want to leave behind and you want you want your grandchild to, I guess, like, quote, quote, look like you in the sense of that Korean descent, right? And so I think that was something that always stuck with me because I see my dad today at how much he loves Jaden and how much Jaden like identifies when he sees my dad, he has a specific hand motion he does just for my dad because there's this connection, right? And so I think in that way, it's almost for me not to be so, take things so personally. I, I don't think race and culture maybe even mattered as much until I did marry into what I thought was into white culture, right? And being immersed into TFA and learning about what um, different races mean and then learning about these things. I almost wanted to protect my minority culture in the face of what I might be marrying into with me and Matt together, right? Because at, we we have had culture talks and what he might more identify with white culture at that time. And so now definitely what I love about Matt though is, you know, he has this blend. He has this different upbringing of what makes him fully white and fully Korean. And so he's able to identify those things, but then also say like, what's more important to him? What's the identity he really carries is his spiritual identity, right? And so in that same way, I'm, I'm jealous because Matt and Jaden get to share that where they have this biracial identity and they can to they get to process what that is. And even for me, I think hearing Matt say last last podcast episode that he actually identifies Asian on the legal documents, right? And I don't think I ever knew that. But I think in knowing that it's like, what did I hold true to be almost the only pick, like cookie cutter representation of what Korean American could look like, right? And to me, that might be Dallas Korean Americans, right? And so that was my only viewpoint of what culture has to look like for Koreans, right? And that's not true because knowing his mom and the history of who she is and where she grew up and how she continued to carry her own legacy, she didn't make it this end-all be-all, but she created an environment where Matt grew up to be this kind and loving and faithful person who continues to hold her onto such a a worthy pedestal of who she was. And so I, I would hope that where I would still want to teach cultures and customs and traditions that have been important to not just me, but Matt too. Like we both grew up being excited about costumes, aka humbugs, right? And like different things with seeing our cousins and relatives. But then at the same time, like as important as those are, that's not more important than, you know, being a faithful son or being a faithful follower and believer in God. And so I think I love that we're biracial because it helps me put into perspective when I am defending what shouldn't be defended so vigorously, aggressively. That's my imagery word for right now. And then, you know, like Matt loves to travel. So I think that's definitely something we want to instill in Jaden once COVID is like a lot, lot better. Maybe after this podcast, the lesson is that we'll take him to Indonesia first and then he'll just like have his life set after that. It's we have to take Peter it's and Matt early. and Alex and, you know, like all of that. But, you know, then you might come back with then, a wife. I'm, oh, no. wait, wait, we have to go later then. Not yeah. You can't right? get married but, before know, me. Like, that'd be that'd be bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, continuing to show him the world that God has out there, not just the bubble that maybe I was really used to being in before, you know, God allowed me to be into a bigger, bigger family and a bigger um, mindset. Well, I have high hopes for uh, Jaden. <laughs> I'm excited should we say Indonesia 2045, guys? 2045. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So last set of questions here, and this is kind of open floor. What piece of advice would you give to a younger version of yourself or someone you know who is going to be going on this journey of like becoming married to someone who doesn't share their culture, right? Uh, may not share your ethnicity. What is one piece of advice that you feel like isn't obvious, right? Like uh, people may not know. What is one piece of advice that you give to someone, either your younger self or someone who's, who's in a relationship like this? Uh, I can go first. Um, I think something that has been something that I've tried to do that I don't even know if I've ever told Kat outright or expressed verbally, I think in the context of really anything cross-cultural, so whether it's us going to Indonesia or <laughs> you dating someone that doesn't come from the same ethnic or you know racial background as you, I think some, I think a practice or a posture that's that's really helpful is to assume that the other person's uh, culture, you know, background is actually not just different from yours alone, but better than yours. Mm-hmm. That that I think that there is this distinct, like, not just defensive, but even offensive disposition we have about who we are, our culture, the way that we do things. I think partially growing up in America has kind of done that to us. Mm. At the same time, though, I see that in my parents <laughs> and they grew up in Korea and they're so proud <laughs> and view everybody else's cultures as lesser than theirs. And mm. I think that is really hurtful, particularly when you think about a relationship where you're trying to get really close and intimate and deep. And especially in the context of Christian marriage, you're trying to sacrifice and serve. And uh, so for me, I think the advice that I'd give is is go so far as to assume that the other person's culture, the way that they do things, think through things, respond to things, is not just different from you and your culture, but actually better. And I think that, that lens would actually be really helpful to grow in appreciation, to be able to uh, see things in a light where I, I, I'm fully convinced your partner, your spouse, you know, your significant other will be so appreciative that you have that, that disposition. I think for me... It would be to, and this kind of builds off what Peter said too, but almost in the other direction, in the sense that we're all shaped right by like our experiences. And over time, I think we learn to really like trust what we feel, especially if you know you're someone who, you know, generally has like a solid perspective on things and, you know, you learn like trust your, trust your instinct and trust your beliefs. I think me, I, I developed a quick trigger in feeling like I, knew what's universally important and i i I say that in in the sense that like well so we've we've had many circumstances i think over time especially now that i'm just kind of reflecting where something happens that may have caused like conflict between like me and her parents or even seeing her and her parents and in my head i'm like like how how did that just happen what just happened doesn't seem very important how is it leading to the level of conflict that it does and I think it's because I'm looking at it in a lens where like my experiences that have shaped me and have shaped my mindset, I know factually that like what is happening right now isn't that big of a deal. And when that becomes like a universal truth, I think then it it's a really arrogant thing. And I think not understanding someone's culture that like all their experiences made this like a very universal truth to them not not like respecting that and realizing that just makes me kind of like judge and be arrogant when when something like that comes up so yeah so i think the advice is like don't think that you know even if you're a great person with a great foundational knowledge like 
both biblically and personally like don't don't think that you that means you are like the correct judge of what's what's important because uh, i think culture shapes that so much and when you're only you know when you've only lived out your culture and your family's culture it it, it makes i think you act in a really arrogant way maybe towards towards the other people uh, involved or like you know the person you're in a relationship with and their family don't be a know-it-all <laughs> essentially basically for those yeah. that are still taking notes <laughs> Um, oh man, hard to follow. Those are all really good. Um, and I think similar themes, right? I am mm. taking a stance of humility, I think is a big takeaway, especially from our relationship, but even from this pod. Um, yeah, I think building on to building off of what everyone has said, I think thinking back on my interactions with Peter's family, I think, yes, like Peter's parents dad came in with guns a blazing like oh these are all the things that are so awesome about korea and oh aren't we beating <laughs> taiwan in these things and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> like i'm Lord have mercy i'm really <laughs> offended but how do i just you know like bite my tongue and kind of laugh it off and i think over time um as i spent more time actually like making an effort to appreciate korean culture like i found myself like again almost like i had to humble myself and like really just learn and educate um, and go as far as like really educating myself and immersing myself in a lot of things that I think, I don't know, it just, it seemed silly at the time. And I was like, is this just for like my own hobby's sake or am I like actually learning something? Um, but in the end, I think the humility um, and coming back into a relationship with his family, I think it did work wonders. And all of a sudden I found myself really soft hearted towards things. And his dad was even seeing my appreciation for his culture, he started asking me like more open-ended questions about Taiwan and not necessarily like kind of like comparison statements. And so I think he was able to reciprocate that softness um, and that interest that I showed towards him. And so I'm not sure how to summarize that, but I think humility is just such a big takeaway um, and effort as well. Yeah, I do think uh, just to highlight that fact, Kat, Kat has exemplified, I think, it is difficult. And like, I notice it a lot more now that she's my wife and to see some of those exchanges where my dad's like, Korea's the best, you know, like, <laughs> uh, number one in everything. And, and did you talk about your dad or my dad? <laughs> Who's dad are we talking oh, about? My dad? dad? Who's dad are we yeah. talking about? Uh, Who's dad are we talking about here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think the way that Kat talks about humility, it, so I think about the way that C.S. Lewis define, defines humility. It's not that you think less of yourself as if Taiwan is way worse or Kat's culture is way worse. It's just to think about yourself less often. And I think Kat's exemplified that, especially with my dad, you know, in this cross-cultural setting where my parents are so proud to be Korean that she enters that space and just stops thinking about herself. And that way, those types of comments are less, you know, hurtful or directed against her. They're just things that my parents like to say. And I think as she's kind of responded in humility just to stop thinking so much about, you know, herself, her culture, and how that statement, you know, what that means against her, to just hear them say it as if that's just who they are, I think has allowed her to actually love them. And now they've responded, I think, in kind, uh, you know, to be less so gung-ho about Korea's number one. And uh, anyway, so it's a breath of fresh air to to see the effects of her humility. Mm. Man, I'm taking notes, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, super thankful for all of you 
just sharing your life and your wisdom and just the hardships and struggles and now like pieces of advice that you gave. Uh, little did you all know, I was just using this podcast as a way to learn about marriage so that I can be a better husband later. So this is great. This is like a personal counseling session. Oh my gosh. Personal marriage tutoring session. Well, you're session. welcome. You know, we charge by the hour and we went over one hour. Oh, wow. Sorry. Uh, yeah, but I feel like uh, I think a lot of the advice that you all shared can apply to any kind of marriage, right? But because there's like an intercultural difference, like the differences and humility, and that's just like amplified like by a hundred, right? Because now there's like a degree of like, oh, I don't, like you and I grew up in a different family. It's easier if we like grew up in a Korean family together, but now we're like completely different families, right? And so I just really appreciate just like the level of extra thought that that goes into it, but also just like both couples just really have intentional love <laughs> uh, that I just like saw on full display here. So I was just very thankful uh, for all of you. And uh, Wani, I, if I can, I would love to ask you a question. Yes. <laughs> you, you oh know, man, the tables have turned. Well, <laughs> and the reason I, so you, like, you know, for the past plus hour plus you have had to, not had to, you've played this, you know, moderating part beautifully, but the, like when you think about being in a relationship and you think about that person, is that person exact like is that person a Korean American? Like are they just like you culturally? This is a question I've had to think about uh a few times. I think for myself, it doesn't have to be. Okay. Right? Like if if I was thinking purely about myself, like I don't think so. I think these days I think about my parents a lot more mm. and I think about what I would want my future family to be like and what the dynamic is like. And I would love for my parents to be able to talk with my future wife, mm. communicate with my future wife, like pass on their culture and uh, their heritage, like in an easier way to my wife, to my kids, right? Uh, I think there's a lot of like good memories that I hold on to from my own grandparents and my parents. Yeah. And so I think that's like the other side of the equation that I'm like trying to balance these days of like how much is this like myself and how much of this is like my desire to not just be like one unit of a family, but be a part of a larger family, right? So I think that's, yeah, that's what I've been thinking lately. Uh, I don't know. I think listening <laughs> to y'all speak, it's been interesting because I'm learning that it doesn't have to be the way that I imagine it, right? There's a lot of beauty in difference. There's a lot of beauty in something beyond like what I'm used to, you know? And so I think that's like a big takeaway getting here. Yeah, it's interesting even the way you phrase it. I, I bet all four of us would have said something similar, y you know, like on the other side of our relationship is that some of the same like thoughts which aren't bad thoughts. They're actually really good thoughts. You know, that we'd have the same inclinations also. So yeah. it's interesting hearing it from you as you've kind of even heard us that that's how you think about it. Yeah. I think the hypothetical is always easier than the reality. <laughs> so I'm sure. Wow, I'm sure. Notes. That's a great statement right there. <laughs> Sing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Who knows? You know, ten years from now, I be I might be saying something else. Ten years. Ten years. I mean, twenty forty five. Oh, twenty forty. That's that's Jaden. That's Jaden. No, that's Jaden's Indonesia. We're trip. going to Indonesia next my, year. For oh, Wani. next year with just one. Leave the babies behind and Wani. If anyone out there wants to go on an Indonesia trip with me, let me know. <laughs> Should we do? Yeah. Like well, a, thank you. Uh, a quick like. Are y'all really in sync, Kim couple kind of questions? Oh, no. Oh, what do you ended mean? On a, on, you on know, a like that. Um, I'll say like three different, three to five. We'll see. Maybe you guys will have some questions. And then 
you'll say the answer at the same time. And we'll see if all those years <laughs> will find you for mm. this quiz of your life. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Okay? First question. Of all the places you've traveled, which one is Peter's favorite place that you guys traveled? Y'all see my Zoom because I don't know which is going to be first, okay? <laughs> Three, two, one. Japan. Japan. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay, one for one. <laughs> I mean, you said from the start, very attractive. What is the most attractive trait about Cat to Peter? What is, the, but both of you guys have to answer. Wait, like okay? what I am most attracted to? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But like a physical, physical trait. Physical trait. Physical trait. <laughs> wait, wait. Um, a pro- PG, PG, wait, wait, 13. Wait, wait. At, the, okay. at the beginning or like now? At right now, right now. Oh, right, right, right now. now. Even though this was because of the beginning, yeah, right now. Okay. Okay. And three, two, one. Smile. Smile. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all read each other's lips, didn't you? <laughs> oh, we okay, could have done it like one. this with our eyes. <laughs> remember, guys, uh, remember when Remember when Peter Mike dropped at the beginning of this pod, right? What was it that Kat was looking for in a guy at that date that made Peter say the cringy line, I think it's me. Walk away. Am I talking oh, this is harder. Okay. In on. three, two, one. Athletic. <laughs> we got it wrong, guys. Okay. This is not a- okay, the early ears kind of meh. Do you guys have any? Uh, which country would you guys rather raise your family in? Korea or Taiwan? Three, two, one. <laughs> Taiwan. Oh, <laughs> Wani, any right. last one? In sync. Wait, wait. Do we not? Do we not get to ask y'all questions? What is this? It's wait, just one. Yeah, I like to we, do we things reverse. in multiples of five. So let me just think of okay, one more okay. question. One more. Okay. Ten. Okay. Five. Okay. Fine. Five years from now, where do you guys see yourself as a Kim clan? In three, two, one. Here. Okay, wow. y'all saw it here. Seven Mile Road. Yeah, they are committed to you. Four out of five is eighty percent. So passing. Congrats. It's pretty good. Congrats. We're so disappointing our parents with a B right now. I know, I know, I know but I mean, with the amount of questions, they might be okay with it. Well, good job, guys. Wait, so we get to ask yeah. y'all questions now? Yeah, let's flip the tables. Uh, I yeah. One, you, you got one. Cat. You got one. It's, usually, no, no, it's no. usually just for the guests, but you know. <laughs> Uh, if you can't say it in three, <laughs> <laughs> I was giving one of you, one of you, a chance. I I do not have any. I'm I'm questioned out. I've been asking all the questions. Yeah, that's true. I, let's give a round of applause for okay. Wanhee. You did an amazing job today no, 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 moderating the whole thing. Great job. I have questions now. Are you ready? No. Yes. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. What is Ng's favorite restaurant in Austin? In Austin. Austin. Oh my gosh. In Austin. Okay, okay. Where you guys met. But we barely overlapped in Austin. Okay, but I have oh. one and I've said it. <laughs> she has one and she said it. Oh, oh, oh. In three, um, two, one. Madam Madam Mams. Mams. Oh. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Kat, you got one? Oh my goodness. Um favorite date throughout your entire relationship or memory. Favorite date memory. Okay. In three, two, one. Rock, Rock climbing. climbing. Oh. Dang. This is <laughs> okay. better than I thought we'd do. You kind of <laughs> lag, so you might have cheated. Y'all got to do, y'all do the eye covering thing. I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. okay. No, I haven't <laughs> been cheating. Uh, okay, I got, I got the next one. 
If Jaden were a girl, his name would be. <gasps> oh, wait, three, this is not. Two, wait, 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 one. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 DK, no. DK. We can't do this. Yeah, one we know it. We, know we definitely it. We know it, but we want to keep it on the DL. For not when we. we. Have Matt a never wants to say it until she's born. It's bad luck. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but is that a, is that an announcement right now? That's no, happening. No. <laughs> oh. But it's also oh. really easy. It's a really easy question because we know exactly what we want our first girl to be named. Mm. Oh, I see. Mm. I see. Yeah. Dang. Mm. Well, he didn't answer, and I may. Oh, I maybe gave it away with an initial, but um. That's true. That, I think we get the point because we <laughs> gave it away. Okay. What is what is Matt's biggest fear in life? Ooh. Biggest fear in life? I don't even know. You don't even know like what you're most scared of. I know. And he knows. So, so not not like not like an existential fear, like a like a I'm gonna scream fear. Yes, yes, like things yeah. you're scared of, not necessarily you know. You gotta uh, know. I know. Ready okay. in three, two, one. Cockroaches. Oh, touching, wait, whoa, whoa, what? what is your, that touching, is uh, touching the neck. What is that? Anytime what does that mean? I go near his neck, he goes like, ah, and he like, he like, he'll hurt Jaden if he had to, but he would but never. I'm more scared of cockroaches. Yes, but when mm. I was pregnant, you started killing cockroaches. Mm. When I was pregnant, you still freaked out when I touched your neck because I still <laughs> found it funny. Valid. Right, cockroaches well, would have been second, and then third was list. fear of never traveling again. <laughs> But I guess that's existential or whatever. Still three for four. Okay, I've got another one. Locked and loaded. If Unji could spend 24 hours in any location in the world, it would be blank. Oh. 24 hours in any location in the world. I hope you would know, but I don't in know you'll know. In three, two, one. Dirk's Korea. house. Oh, Dirk's house. Dirk's house. <laughs> what did he say? Oh, what? How am I going to guess Dirk's house? <laughs> he said Korea. 24 hours? No, you don't do what that. Would you, what would you do hours? in Dirk's house but like, for 24 hours? Who, who's who's going to guess Dirk's house? <laughs> Her husband. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but shout out. My husband just spent some dough on a prism, panini, whatever the name is. Uh, black card, chrome, Dirk, one of one. So I thought that was obvious that that meant that you knew I would want to be at Dirk's house with Brian. There's very little connection. My ideal is being at Dirk's while Brian, you know, because we're first name basis, but there's a lot of Brian. So Brian McKnight sings back at one while Dirk and I play one on one with my one of one card (laughs) now. Let's uh, let's hurry up and end the podcast now. (laughs) I just want to say one E. I really appreciate you because you did not let us know your questions in advance. And because of that, you truly allowed us to enjoy, enjoy, enjoy the wonder. I was praying that you and me might end up together. 